Extra Network. We're coming to you live from Everyday Heroes with a brand new video. We have some great stuff today, so let's get started. Good morning, everybody. My name is Rob. This is the official Rob Glasser Network. We're coming to you live from the Everyday Heroes which uh, series, which covers the educational, whew, <laughs> I need to take a breath, uh, informational and always fun. Now we got a couple videos today. We have a new mining mental health. We're going to go over some mindfulness activities. That's going to happen at 1230. Today though, or this morning, we're going to talk about the 1950s once again. If you guys watched our birthday video from my mom on Friday, we went over things that happened during her year. Today we're going to talk about what it was like to have a 1950s family. Now this comes from family.lovetoknow.com. That was where it looked different for a second. I guess they see the word. Oh, it looked like a C, so kakam. Didn't you? <laughs> um, sorry, that's going to go there. I lost my train of thought. All right, so this particular website starts with, in the aftermath of World War II came the 1950s suburban and dream of the picture-perfect family. This was known as the boomer years. My mom actually brought that up on the other show, Baby Boomers. Uh, the economy boomed, and everywhere individuals were feeling the need for family and security after years of war. So, 1950s, there was a lot going on. In the... <coughs> Excuse me. There was a lot going on. So in the 50s, during the 50s, there was deeply ingrained social stigma against divorce, and the divorce rate dropped. Well, that's good. So the stereotypical nuclear family consisted of a father, a mother, and two or three kids. Kids were a precious asset and center of the family. Very few wives worked at the time, and if they did, it was combined with their role as housewives and mothers. Few husbands sent, spend what we call quality time with their kids or helped around the house. Dad's role was specifically breadwinner, advice giver, and apparently disciplinarian, disciplinarian as well. What did 1950s parents want from their kids? Well, let's separate the two. Apparently, raising girls was to be nice. Had to wear dresses or skirts and taught taught to be deferential. Even as children, girls felt family and societal pressure to focus their aspirations on home, husband, and children instead of higher education. It wasn't uncommon for a girl to marry and begin having children shortly after high school graduation. Girls were not groomed or encouraged to attend college, and if their parents did provide them with higher education, it was with the expectation that they meet a suitable husband and have a career they could fall back on. Yikes. Not really positive for that right there. Raising boys, however, was a little bit different. They were expected to be strong, responsible, and assertive, but also mischievous. Boys were encouraged to enlarge themselves, explore, and claim extra territory. Parents tried to build their son's ego, and they wanted him to be a winner. They encouraged their son to excel in things like athletics, school, and, of course, attend a nice college. Parents gave their boys more mobility, authority, and respect, but in the end, parents also expected their boys to settle down and have a family. It's kind of weird too, right? Yeah. Um, permissive parenting. Well, many parents read Dr. Benjamin Spock's Baby and Child Care and followed his advice to hug, kiss, and encourage their children to express their individuality. Okay. 
Not too bad, right? However, his controversial advice was that parents need not worry about spoiling their children. They should tell their children when they, they are special, feed them when they are hungry, and put them to bed when they are tired, and discipline them with words rather than corporal punishment. Well, that's also not necessarily that weird in today's day because it is good to tell people that you're special. It's also good to eat when you're hungry and, of course, sleep when you're tired. And, yeah, it is better to use your words than anything. Uh, many say Dr. Spock's advice led to overly permissive child-rearing, which led to the independent rebellious nature of the 1950s teenager. Okay, then. This is just getting weird. All right, the stereotypical boomer family. Uh, with the establishment of the FDA, the Federal Housing Authority, and the Veterans Administration, the VA, home loan programs made many white middle-class American parents found it easy to borrow money from the bank, move out of the cities and small towns and their newly built homes in the suburbs. Unfortunately, due to discrimination, this was not yet possible for people of color who were restricted to less desirable neighborhoods, even if they had the wherewithal to relocate to better surroundings. Fortunately, or un <coughs> excuse me, unfortunately, that was the case. Life in the suburbs. Well, suburbs were free, social, friendly, and family-oriented. Many families lived close together, and there were all sorts of social activities. This is when we had Little League, the Boy and Girl Scouts. Um, Parent and Teacher Association at school. Kids walked together, <laughs> remember that, and had next door best friends. When the weather was nice, neighbors gathered in their backyard to cook, eat, and chat. Doors were seldom locked and suburban parents unofficially washed each other's children. However, the suburbs also reflected socioeconomic and racial homogeneity. Say that five times fast. Growing up, they, let's see, kids played together. They talked on the family phone for hours, kept diaries, rode bikes, played games, watched TV, had sleepovers, and dance parties. God, this is really weirdly written. There were no cell phones, texting, or internet. Youngsters interacted face-to-face -face or wrote letters in cursive on stationery without spell check. Ah, those were the days when you didn't have the ability to actually see what you were doing, and you just hoped for the fact that, excuse me, you were writing correctly which led to really funny things that I found in my parents' garage of stuff that makes no sense because apparently I couldn't write, or at least I could write, but in a totally different way. There was one thing that people were worried about, the Cold War. Children of the 50s had to live in an atmosphere of fear, and this is where you get the bomb shelters. Uh, there was the weekly duck and cover drills that you had at school, and many schools even issued dog tags to students so families could identify their child's body in the event of an attack. That's disturbing. Uh, there was also the polio virus, which many uh, parents were fearful that they volunteered their children to be experimented on as polio pioneers. Uh, yikes. Uh, they actually have a video of a duck and cover cartoon with a really weird looking turtle. I'm not even gonna go there, but yeah. Teenagers in the 1950s, um, assist, um, assisted by way too much spreading power, the ubiquity of the car, and high school's elevation to a world with its own speech patterns, style of dress, beliefs, pastime, music, and social, uh, made teenagers what they were. Clean-cut boys and girls living in the suburbs, seemingly without word, became teenagers who were independent, interactive, pleasure-bound, and rebellious. Boy, was the 50s. Yeah. Although the 50s uh, parents allowed teenagers behave in ways that shocked them, such as rock and roll music, risque dance moves, 
and the overall self-determining and defiant mindset, because apparently that was bad to have your own mind, compared to the 21st century, these teens were extraordinarily innocent. That's because we had no sex, drugs. Well, we did have the rock and roll, but not a lot of alcohol either. Um, okay, then. Apparently, the reason for this was because so many of them had their teenage jobs. Uh, for a 950 teen, having an after school or summer job meant independence and money of their own. Teenager with their own income, coupled with an allowance, were free to buy pretty much what they wanted, and a serious escalation of advertising aimed at teenagers began. One of those things was the car. Cars, um, teenagers with cars were common due to the prosperity of their parents and incomes of their own. Cars provide teenagers with independence and a teen couple with a place to spend time alone away from parents' prying eyes. Um, even though many teens were taught to abstain before marriage, cars changed that. God, the 50s. No offense to anybody in the 50s, but wow. Rock and roll music was a big deal. The term came in 1952. This was a new form of music for rebellious energy. People like Elvis Presley, Little Richard, Buddy Holly, and more could be listened to on a 45 RPM at your local record store and became the mainstay for every teenager. If you didn't want to listen to movies, you could watch one of the most popular movies there at what was called a drive-in. I just watched a movie about drive-ins. It's kind of funny. You could watch High School Confidential, Blackboard Jungle, Teen Rebel, The Wild One, Rebel Without a Cause, and more. Or, if you really wanted to get a good scare, which at this point is hilarious, you can watch them, a cautionary tale about irradiated ants that became giants, which really was supposed to teach you about the Soviet menace in nuclear war. I, I don't know. All right, I think we're getting to the end here. Um, yeah, so peaceful conformity. The 1950s were also considered a period of conformity when parents conformed to their assigned mother-father roles and pursued the American dream. After the Great Depression, World War II devastation was a time when people sought to create peace and prosperity. But the 50s were not as peaceful as we think. Simmering, simmering beneath the perfect family image was discontent with the status quo that led to the tumultuous life of the 1960s, which apparently we'll get into another day. All right, guys, what do you think about all this? Um, again, this is just info I got, so please, if you heard anything offensive, this is just information, this is not us. Obviously, I didn't grow up in the 50s, so I have no saying what happened. This is just what I learned. But I actually learned some interesting things there. However, I'm very glad I didn't live in that time period because boy, yeah, anywho, Later today, we're going to have some fun with some mindful activities at 1230. So join us for Running Mental Health. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the official Rob Glasser Network on YouTube and Twitch. Until then, have a wonderful day. As always, stay curious and thanks for watching. Bye, guys.